You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. The word I'm bringing to us today is that God is faithful. Praise Jesus. You know, it may seem a word that is very simple to our understanding. But believe me, as I started going through it, I came to realize that I've been somehow missed the concept of God's faithfulness. Praise Jesus. And I believe that someone today, maybe like me, will have a better understanding in Jesus' name. The word faithfulness, if you look in the English dictionary first, I, had, I have about four descriptions. It's a lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships, especially marriage and friendship. Number two, the fact or quality of being true to one's word or commitments as to what one has placed to do, professes to believe. The third, the fact or quality of being dedicated and steadfast in performing one's duty, working for a cause. Then the fourth is the quality of adhering to fact, a standard, or an original. Praise Jesus. In that case, it talks about accuracy. Praise God. This is what the dictionary tells us. But if we ask ourselves whom God is, God is faithful. It's not just an attribute. It is him. When we say God is faithful, it's not because God had to do faithfulness. He is faithful. It is him. You think God, you think faithfulness in his perfection. God is faithful and he do faithfulness. Faithfulness come through him. Praise Jesus. In the book of Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, it says, He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. When we start thinking about God's faithfulness, I will say that the place we started seeing it very well is through his covenant with Abraham. God entered into a covenant with Abraham. That does not mean he was not faithful before then. It is when we started seeing, praise Jesus. Because I was thinking, you know, sometimes you think that there are some things God did that maybe he didn't, I mean, he went against his own words. Like when he sent out Adam and Eve from the garden. But if you go to check, there is no place he said he will never send them out. Because if he has said that, he will not. God's faithfulness is to himself and to his word. The mistake some of us make is that we think that God is faithful to us. God is not faithful to you and me. God is faithful to his word and to himself. Now, for me to benefit of his faithfulness, I need to align and be in the position where I will become a beneficiary. Praise Jesus. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, from verse 7, or rather 7 and 8, it says, you are the Lord God. Who chose Abraham and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. You found his heart faithful before you and made a covenant with him to give the land of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the Gilgashites to give it to his descendants. You have performed your words for you are righteous. There is nothing God has said that he has not done. 
everything God has said, he has completed it. Praise Jesus. His faithfulness is impeccable. There is no way it can be broken. Praise Jesus. Let's go to Hebrews 6. Talking about the same Abraham. Verse 13 to 18. I will read it in New King James. But after I want to read it again in the message. He said, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Say it. Surely blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. That's Abraham. For men, indeed, swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all disputes. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. We have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before. Praise Jesus before us. Can I have a message of that, please? That's 6, 13 to 18. He said, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it up to the hills, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I will bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them. So that if there is any question that they will make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. 17. When God wanted to guarantee his promise, he gave his word a rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We have run for our lives to God. Have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. Praise Jesus. What am I saying here? God gave a promise to Abraham. That must come to pass. But it's now Abraham that will do what? Grab it. So that he... You know, do you know that the children of Israel, all of them were promised it. We are given the promise of the land. You know, the promised land. That they will enter. But when the ten were sent to go and investigate the land, only two came back. And it's the only those two that were able to grab it that entered. But the promise still came to pass. There are many promises in our life that we abandoned on the way. Maybe because it's not coming. It's not coming the time we expected. But has God promised it? It will come to pass. Has he promised it? It must come to pass. That's why when we say that he is faithful, it is my duty to align myself to become a beneficiary of his faithfulness. That if I move, does not make him to be unfaithful. We will see it as we go on. Praise Jesus. So 106, verse 7 to 8. He said, our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. But rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake. That he might make his mighty power known. They rebelled against God. If it's human, if it's me, they rebel against me. I will withdraw. But God, because he has promised, he must. God is under compulsion by his word. Anything God has promised must be done. I want to say something to us. I don't know. It has happened to me and you know, you're praying about something and it's taking time. In fact, sometimes when you are close, very close, it looks like the thing is taken away. Then you start asking yourself, okay, did God promise? Was it my, there's one that I said, I told God, maybe it's my emotions. Probably I was not hearing you. No, no, no. One of the only few things, I don't want to say the only thing. One of the few things the devil contend and he continues to contend is for you to say that God is unfaithful. For you and me 
to call God unfaithful. Look at what he did to Adam and Eve. Has God really said? Are you sure he said that? Are you sure he meant it? You know, there's, there's, there's one word pastor said once. And, you know, anytime I think about it, I say, how can this be? You know, he said, God does not joke. You know, we, we crack jokes. We make fun out of jokes. But God does not joke. Because once he jokes, it becomes true. If God said anything, he will not come to you and say, okay, I was joking. No. He has said it, it is. From the moment he said it, it is. Praise Jesus. Joshua 23, 14 says, Now behold, today I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. All has been fulfilled to you. Not one of them has failed. This is Joshua talking. Praise Jesus. Not one. One of the thing, things I marveled today, I was asking myself, not that I was searching to know, but I was just being led to see some things. And I started saying, okay, Jesus Christ was prophesied that he's coming. We have details of how he will come. I mean, when I mean details, to the minimal, that's, you know, and every one of them came exactly as it was written. I don't want to go into it, but I'm talking of the places that the prophets in the Old Testament, from Genesis, you continue, every single prophecy came as prophesied. Where he will be born, the kings that will bring the gifts. That I mean, they will kill children because they are searching to kill him. Do you get it? Every single. So now I started saying, oh wait. We have to be very, very careful how we look at every, anything God has said. Because God has no careless word. God does not say anything and start asking, uh, trying to how he was going to make it work. Once God has said it, with those details, it works exactly. Praise Jesus. You know, this thing brought me to understand that, I mean, maybe just to use this example, permit me, but I'm not trying to even bring God to that level, but at least just to, for us to understand. You know, a filmmaker, somebody who writes films, you know, he writes a script, and then they are acting. You know, as the actors, he gives them all their parts and everyone is acting. He knows what they will do. He knows from the beginning, he knows how the script, how the, everything will end. Now, the thing is that, I, I started thinking, I said, so quit means, before God told pastor, go to Abuja, he has written his script. He has written the story. Anything God said do, he has already finished the story. He's just giving you the part for you to play. And do you know what? He backs you up. He does not leave you on your own. Because God does not want that you are the one who will make his word not to come true. That's why he backs you up. Everything God do is for his own sake. For his name's sake. He leads us through the path of righteousness. For what? For his name's sake. Praise Jesus. Joshua 21, 45 says, Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Every one was fulfilled. Not one, not a word, failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. You know, I remember when Pastor, that was one message he was preaching. I mean, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was part of the subject. And what he said that, I mean, that really touched me was they were looking for someone. They were looking for a womb. Heaven was looking for a womb. Do you know that today I checked, I, I was checking, I said, is there anywhere Mary was mentioned? No, a woman was mentioned. Mary was not part of the promise, but Mary, as a woman, became part of the, she aligned herself and became a beneficiary of that promise of the God's faithfulness. 
God can use you only if you are ready. Only if you make yourself available. He will use you. If not, someone else will be used. God will always find a man. He will always find a man. Praise Jesus. Someone like David, for example, was found. He said, I have found a man after my own heart. That means he was searching for a man. But his word was there. His promise has been, has, is there. But he was searching for a man. May God find us in Jesus' name. First Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he who calls you. And he also, he also will bring it to pass. When he calls you, he backs you up. Praise Jesus. Every single action God takes is sure and steady. Every word he speaks is always good and true. Psalm 33 verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Every single word he speaks is good and is true. That's why Jesus can introduce himself as the truth. Because everything about him is true. Every word he speaks is true. You know, it was today I got the, the reason why Jesus used the word, whatever I hear my father say, I say. Because he cannot go contrary to the word of God. He cannot say anything outside what God is saying. That's why he's God. So it means that Jesus never joked as well. He never said anything that is outside what God has said. He said, whatever I hear him say, that I say. Whatever I see him do, I do. The reason why Jesus is faithful is because God is faithful. And as son of man, he followed faithfulness of God. Praise Jesus. Isaiah 33 verse 6. He said, he will be the sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Sure foundation. That's the word. It means God's faithfulness is the solid foundation on which you and me we can build our lives. God's faithfulness is a solid foundation on which we can build our lives. Praise Jesus. One thing we do as Christians is that sometimes without understanding the deep meaning of God's faithfulness we use the word God has been faithful to me all these years God has been so faithful to me so if the things are not happening he's not faithful his faithfulness to you is because of what is happening to you and what is happening to me God is faithful to himself and to his word now I can benefit from his faithfulness. So I can't use the word God has been faithful. God is faithful. Because when I say God has been, it means that he may not be. He is faithful. Unchangeably faithful. Praise Jesus. Why I'm saying this is that, you see, when you pray to God concerning anything, before you pray that prayer, go and search his word concerning that thing. And then when you pray, According to his word concerning that, be sure you will receive it. Sure, you will get it. If you are sick, you have been healed by his stripes, right? So when you say, I am healed, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the healing that you have already given. In Jesus' name, done. Because he has already done it. You can only benefit from what he has done. Praise Jesus. Lamentations 3. 23 and 24. He said, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my passion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. They are new every morning. Praise Jesus. They are new every morning. It means that it will never finish. When the Bible says that his faithfulness extends to the heavens and the aeroplanes extends to the skies, you know, I, I started thinking, okay, can I measure from earth to the sky? Where does he stop? Is it the time I meet the first star or the second star? Or the, where is the sky? Okay, what, where is the heavens? 
It means that his faithfulness cannot be measured. It's unquantifiable. It's unlimited. Our God is faithful. He is faithful. He said, that's why he said, he who has started the a good works in you is faithful to do what? To complete it. Once he has started it, he will get it completed. Praise Jesus. There is this verse in the Bible that I, I don't want to say I stole it, but somehow I took it away from pastor in Psalm 37 verse 25. He said, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. You know, this is one place that gives us so much assurance that in any situation we find ourselves, as long as that word righteous is still attributed to you through Jesus Christ, you cannot be forsaken. Praise the Lord. And your children will never beg bread. My children will never beg bread. Your children will never beg bread. In the name of Jesus, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.9 He is faithful. It means he has, he has called you into a family where you can experience love and growth together. Praise the living Jesus. There is something about the love of God which is when you say his faithfulness and his love, his mercy, all of them, that's you know, you don't know how to even place they are like one, they are one if you can come into the revelation that God loves you, you can have your rest, because one of the things the enemy always do is to make you feel that God has abandoned you but as long as you hold onto that his love he can't do anything Satan knows his limits and once you can hold that love, there is nothing Satan can do against you. Praise Jesus. I want to give you one testimony about this. It has to be with my wife. Permit me to use it, Nina. When she, you know, some people don't know that in 2016 she died and, and came up again. You know, she went to the hospital in Europe after a surgery. She was discharged. Seven days after the surgery, she had blood uh, clothing. But the blood clothing is not one part of the body. Every part of her body, the blood clotted. It's only the brain and the heart that was still remaining. But she was already gone. And when they took her to the hospital, when they got her to the hospital, in Italy you have that's the emergency, uh, green, yellow, and red alert. So the green... It's normal. That's they can just just treatment. The yellow means that this person may die, but the red alert means that the person may live. So it's considered dead, and that's where she took her in the red alert. So what they did was that they isolated her heart and her brain because they said that if the clotting enters her heart, is she must. That's the other thing they can do. She will become vegetable for life. If he enters the brain, it's instant death. Those are in the medical field who understand what I'm saying. So she was not like maybe in a, how do you call it, in ICU. No, she was in coma. So they were now thinking, will she? But one story she told me, he said that why she was in that situation, even though she was not talking, but she was still hearing, you know, some people talking around. He said that only the word she continues saying, he said, Father, I know you are holding my hand. I know that you will not leave me. I know. She continued. And that's the only thing. She was, you know, there's a situation you don't pray. But one thing, why I'm bringing this is, if you can hold his love, Satan can't do anything. We are here praying, yes. We are praying. But I can tell you one thing. The day she came out, they took her, I think after about three, four days, they took her to one, all those machines and checked and saw that the whole blood in her system has come back, that she has become normal. Praise Jesus. You know, we can find ourselves in situations where it looks like God has gone. No, he's holding you. 
But it's you. You are the only one that can remove your own hand. Not him. Because his faithfulness will hold your hand. But if you now withdraw your hand, well, praise Jesus. God is faithful. He is faithful. That's why he said in the book of 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 13. He said, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. It's part of his faithfulness. God has never planned and God will never plan that his children will fail. Do you hear me what I said? He has never planned and he will never plan that his children will fail. You may go through it, but he will not allow you to fail. You will come out victorious in Jesus' name. Because that's why he's God. He is the one in control. There's nothing, nothing takes God by surprise. We are talking of God who, I mean, when um, Joshua said, son, stand still until I finish my enemies. God backed him up. The son stood. You know the scientists up to today that are still calculating what really happened. Praise the living Jesus. One of the things that makes us not to be continuously, see the word I'm using, continuously victorious is that we don't judge God always faithful. Like pastor will say, sometimes you judge God according to the size of the challenge. You know, this one is too big. God can't handle this one. Uh, this one, no, 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 no. That's, okay, he handled the other one because of the size. But this other one is very big. So let me look for any other alternative. Praise Jesus. Please, can you put Isaiah 54? I think from verse number 15. Okay, let me take it from 15. He says, indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. 16 is where I need. He said, behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals. Listen. He has created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler to destroy. Now look at what 17 says. It gives you the assurance there. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Do you understand it? What he's saying, both the material they use in making that weapon, the person that is making the weapon, the fire they use in making the weapon, the person that uses the weapon, he said, I made all of them. They're all under my control. Then the same one who is saying this, says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. How can you be shaken? Praise Jesus. There's something that happened to me. I thank God I'm coming out of it. You know, there's a time that anyone that asks me to pray for them, I'll pray. The thing, everything will happen and the person will receive. Yeah. But I'll pray my own. The thing, uh-uh. I'll pray for somebody who come, uh, Pastor, pray. I'll pray. The person will, ah, God. I'll pray and pray and pray for myself. Nothing. One day I laid, I laid down, I was crying to God. I said, What have I done? I was crying. What have I done? Tell me, is there anything you want me to do and not do it? Tell me, I want to do it. No answer. No, I mean, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. No answer. Silent. I got up, cleaned my eyes. But now I'm coming to understand that there are some work that they are doing in me that I need to stop shaking and allow them to finish. Do you understand it? There are some times, I mean, just imagine your car. Now, if you have a beautiful car and they have removed all the wheels, they want to change some things in the wheels. Whatever you that car can move until you allow the car allow that they put all the wheels and everything, then the car will start moving well. So don't ever doubt God. Don't ever think that God has withdrawn his word or withdrawn his love. God is faithful. Praise Jesus. Now look at what he says in Second Timothy. 2 verse 13. He said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. If you and me 
we are faithless, God still remains faithful. For God cannot deny himself. So, the faithfulness of God does not depend on your own faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is standing on his own. Your own faithfulness works to benefit from his faithfulness. It's my faithfulness that works to his faithfulness. Wraps up with his faithfulness and start benefiting from his faithfulness. Praise Jesus. You know, last Sunday when Pastor was saying, I don't like this, I don't like that, you know, there's something wonderful Mamishi said. Even though Mamishi was saying every time she's saying, he's saying this, but Mamishi said something wonderful. He said his own is to pray. And when he hears God, he do. That's enough. His own is to pray. And then whatever God says, he will just do it. He may want to do it to please all of us. So that all of us will be happy. But if you remember, there was a man who wanted to make all the people happy. That's Saul. Saul wanted to, you know, he listened to the people. He did what the people wanted. And that's it. Praise Jesus. Let us hold without shaking to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Praise Jesus. In Romans 3, Romans chapter 3, 3 and 4, he said, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. So, the fact that I believe is for my own benefit. If I believe I'm not adding anything to God, it's God that is adding to me. So, my believing helps me. My believing is benefiting me. God wants me to believe because of the love he has for me. But if I refuse to believe, who is losing? It's still me. Praise Jesus. You know, some of us know about the laughter of Sarah, right? You know, Sarah, Sarah laughed. I used to think that that laughter was a laughter of unbelief. Can you go to Hebrews 11, 11? I used to think that Sarah never believed. That's why he... You know, when someone laughs of, of unbelief, the person will laugh and go away. But look at what he said. He said, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bought a child when she was past the age because... Oh, Kataramazita. Because she judged him faithful who has promised. When she judged God faithful, she conceived. Yes, she laughed. But if she laughed and uh, go away, nothing will happen. She laughed at herself, not at the word of God. She laughed as, ah, now at this my age. But if God has said it, then okay. The same kind of thing Peter did. You know, after toiling all night, they said, okay, lower the net. He said, look, oh, I'm an expert in fishing. I'm a professional. I know this thing well. By this time, uh, but because you have said it. So, when God says anything, it doesn't need to make meaning. All we need to do is, because he said it. Mary said, how can this be? That I, but, okay, let it be unto me, according to your word. Whenever you judge God faithful, you become a beneficiary. And we we'll all become beneficiaries in Jesus' name. Another thing that's important for us to see. Suppose I sin. I commit sin. Okay. I don't want to say deliberately. Okay. Let me remove that word deliberately. So that people will not go and start saying, okay, if I sin. I mean, I can always praise Jesus. I, I like the way Pastor explained that part. He said, yes, when you come back, he will receive you. You keep going and coming back. You keep going and coming back. But you don't know the day you will go. You will not come back early. Praise Jesus. It, it happened to a man called Job. You know, I know that Job, from, if you are reading the Bible, you will have a sign that Job knew that his children are doing some things that are not so clean in those their parties. 
Right? So, anytime they have this party, he will run very early in the morning to go and do his sacrifice of cleansing. But one day, the thing happened while they were in the party. And they all died. There was no time for that cleansing sacrifice. First John 1 John 1.9 He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, this place is one place that many believe they can do whatever they want. That's why I, I said, you don't know. Because he said that he will come as a thief, no? You don't know when it will happen. When he's deliberate, it's dangerous. Praise Jesus. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, yes, and just, and we forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful to his word. So when you confess, he is faithful, he will forgive you, yes. But don't take it as, the, that's as a privilege. This is not giving you a privilege. It's what he's telling you that I will always be there for you. Praise Jesus. You know, when you think, look at this and think of the, the story of the prodigal son. You know, when he left, he was enjoying his father's house. He was comfortable, very comfortable. Until he said, no, I want to go. I want to give him my own share of the inheritance. Let me go my way. So he went, he squandered it, suffered, came back. The father received him. But do you know that the sufferings, he suffered it. The father, there's nothing the father could have done. As long as he was there, he was suffering. It was when he came back. But suppose he died there. Nothing. Praise Jesus. Another thing the enemy tries on us is delay. And that delay is not that he delays what God is doing. I want us to correct it. He delays it in our mind. He comes to our mind to make us believe that it's taking too much time. Time has passed. Nothing has happened. It's in the mind. It's not that he can he cannot delay what God is doing. But it comes to our mind. Ah! Christmas. You know this is a period like now. If you have not achieved some things and somebody comes and says, oh, happy Christmas. You know that's the way you tell the pastor, sorry, please stop that thing. As, just like pastor will say, as he to say, the, the days are now becoming 48 hours or, or 12 hours. There are still 24 hours. They are still running normally. But the only thing is that there is something that is placed there that is now, I mean, putting us, you know, bringing uh, us to, to anxiety. Praise Jesus. Look at what he says in Ezekiel 12, 25. He said, For I am the Lord. I speak. And the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed. For in your days, O rebellious, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord God. Here, the version I have says, it will no longer be delayed. It will no longer be delayed. It shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. In Habakkuk 2.3, we get something like that as well. He said, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. That's why I said, Satan cannot delay it. There is an appointed time. He cannot shift that time. But at the end, it... Praise Jesus. Okay. Let me read what I have. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not delay. Praise Jesus. I, I say he plays these trees on our mind. And then, it's like maybe, let me use some ladies sometimes. Maybe you're waiting for a life partner and all your friends are getting married. The end of the year has come. Your mother will ask you the same question. Wait. If you can tell Satan, I will wait for it. It shall come to pass. And you cannot delay it. It will come to pass. Because who he who has promised is faithful enough is faithful to bring it to pass. Praise Jesus. Finally, let's go to Revelation 19.11. If you look at this, it looks like everything that Jesus did is for this title. He says, now I saw heaven opened 
and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Now, what it means, all this is so that we will crown him faithful. And the thing is this, will I be among those who will call him faithful and true? Or will I miss on the way? Because if I miss, I have not benefited. If I miss, I have lost. Praise Jesus. You know, let me use this example. I don't know if any of you here is a surveyor. You understand what I'm saying. If you call a surveyor to take some coordinates for you, he can pick it with local points. That's just establish his own point. Give it a number. Give it, you know, a coordinate temporary. You can even call it 0000. And then start from there and measure. And give it. Now, if he comes there, once he can locate the 00 point, he will locate all the points. If he leaves and another surveyor comes there, you say, find the points. He will not be able to find it. Unless they show him that reference point that he used. Then he will be able to. But this very surveyor, first surveyor, may tie this point to the national grid. So, he will find a point somewhere that is, has a coordinate. He will fly his distance today and then tie it to that one and find the exact coordinate at the national grid of that, of that point. So, any surveyor you pick in, the, in Nigeria, even if the person is from Medugri or where, he will come and will find that point, right? Now, the same surveyor may tie it to the universal grid. So, if you bring a surveyor from America, anywhere, that point is that point. That's why we say so and so level above sea level. You understand? Now, I want to say one thing. You can see God's faithfulness in your own things. You can expand it, but until you get it, the deep revelation that God is faithful universally. He does not change, so there's nothing that can change him. Now, you will now come to understand that you, yourself, you are very, 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 very small to make God unfaithful. Do you understand? That is, I am nothing. That is, if I say infinitesimal, that's, it's too small. That's, it's still smaller than that. To, for me to decide in my way to make God unfaithful. What happens is that my judging God unfaithful is me that is walking away and stop benefiting. God remains faithful. Praise Jesus. In John 14, 12 to 14, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. This is too big, right? Jesus telling you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And then he said, and greater works than this he will do. Because I go to my father. Now stop there first. Has Jesus gone to the father? Yes. Do you know that the greater works which we are not doing is because we have never really believed this word. And look at entertain where I was going because that's the first time I saw it some years ago. It really turned everything about me. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. For what reason? That the Father may be glorified in the Son, not because of you, but because of the Father to be glorified in the Son. All you have to do is to believe. That's what Jesus is saying. I am not doing it because of you. I am doing it so that the Father will be glorified in me. Do you understand it? But what you need to do is to believe. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's why I tell people, you see the word in Jesus' name. We need to know how to use it. The power that is in that name is, I don't know how to explain it. It's too much. You know, see people play around with that word. In Jesus' name, people play around with it. There are some people, they will write a full text and write and write and write and write. When they come to this IJN, they will change it to IJN. That name he gave us, he said, is above every 
other name. And that the mention of that name, that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, it was the Jews that because God's name was too, that is too precious. That's Yahweh. That's, they said no. To write it in paper? Uh-uh. They said let us only write Y-W. Because they, are, they were afraid. We can't. This name is too holy. Christians, we need to understand that the name was given to us that as we believe for things to happen. So I don't just mention it when I'm not serious. I have to mention that name when I mean business. Praise Jesus. When we pray to God, it is fundamental that we have understanding of the one we're praying to. Let me just give you one little instance. Many of us, not even presidents, your state governor, they say that they are going to see the governor. You come with your proposal. Some of us, our hand will be like this. Some of their hand will be, you know, if you want to shake the governor, your two hands. Anything the governor is saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Governor. Not God. Uh, uh, why are you behaving? Because you are asking for something. You are, you are demanding for something. You want him to, I mean, do something for you. That's why you are like that. If you are seated, maybe that is you go for a meeting and somehow you are seated by, the, by your side is a minister. You know, that is you want to, if he wants to pour water, you want to be even the one that will pour his water. You want to clean his, you know what I'm saying? Because you want him to, I mean, you want to please him so that he will notice you and then will favor you. But when we go to God, we don't even judge him. So, you know, that is, we go to him anyhow. There's one man I had one day. I, I, I mean, I, I said, what? Can somebody of another religion think this way? You know what he was advising somebody? Who, I mean, was having a, a problem. He said, okay, this is your problem. Write it down in a page of paper. He was telling the person, he said, go and take your shower. Put on your best dress. Then enter in a place where you can pray. Kneel down before your God. And then present everything. The person is a Muslim. I marveled. He said, dress in your best then go into the place. He, he, no, that is what he said. And then he now asked. He said, because if you are going to meet the president, you will dress in your best. I'm not saying we should do this. Don't misunderstand me. But, I mean, I'm just telling you the way they think. But we should also understand that the one we are talking to is our creator. And he is faithful to every of his word. Praise Jesus. Shall we stand as we pray? In Isaiah 25 verse 1, he said, Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and true. You see, this is someone praying. You see how he recognized first whom he is calling. See how he has, first of all, I mean, that's giving him the honor that is due. Praise Jesus. David in Psalm 89 verse 8. He says, Oh Lord God of hosts, who is like you, Almighty Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. When the Bible said that David is after the heart, David understood the faithfulness of God. He understood whom God is. That is why a man who is a king, not taking anything for granted, said, choose me some men, great, mighty men. All they are doing is singing and praising God. That's 24-7. But trumpeters, and, you, you understand? That is because he knows how serious he has to be. He knows, he understood the one he's dealing with. Father, as your children, we acknowledge you as our God. Father, you are the only living God. There is no other God before you.
And there is none after you. You exist from eternity to eternity. So there is no end concerning you. You are faithful. We judge you faithful. We judge you faithful. All the promises you've made, we consider them done in the name of Jesus Christ. There is none like you, Father. Father, O oh Lord, concerning you, you are the best. Even better than the best. We cannot place you. We cannot locate you and say, This is what you are too much. Our imagination cannot define you. But we can only try. Father, be honored in our life. Be honored in our midst. Be honored in our families. Be honored in our marriages. Be honored in our children's life. Be honored in the Father's church. In the name of Jesus. Take your place of honor. That's what we are doing today. Take your place of honor. If there's any way in the past... We are just the unfaithful. We stand to say, Father, forgive us. Forgive us in the name of Jesus. Now we have better understanding that you are indeed the faithful God. The faithful God. And we are saying, thank you, Father. Be thou exalted. Be glorified. Be magnified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.